it's good that we it's good that we study the scriptures. Uh, you, you, you've got to know your Bible. Praise God. <laughs> That's one of the reasons why we are studying uh, books. Like we said, we we'll study at least one in the course of the year, every year. So this year we are doing first Peter. Maybe we might end up with second Peter before the year rounds up. Rounds up. Who knows? Praise God. But let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this evening. We give you all the glory and praise. We thank you for the opportunity given to us to study your word together. Lord, we, we pray in Jesus' name that ignorance will be dispelled. Your word will be clearer to us in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you for the anointing that is upon your word. Father, let your anointing flow forth as your word is spoken and it is heard. Thank you because it flows unhindered by any demonic force whatsoever in the name of Jesus. We are not distracted by anything. We are full concentration. Your word enters, it shows light to us, and we are blessed by it in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. So we 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 last week we rounded up with um Um, chapter one of First Peter. Okay, now one of the reasons why we study books, maybe I should just throw this in, is that it enables us to be able to read the whole of that book. Okay, it enables us to read the whole of that book in context. It enables us to read the whole of that book in context. So you'll be able to see a whole trail. You know, when you want to write a letter, for example, you know, you 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 don't write your letters in chapter and verses. There's a thought pattern that is flowing through. There's a message. There will be one or two messages you want to pass across that flow. Okay, so there's usually a flow. Okay. And the words mean nothing in themselves except they are within a particular context. Okay, so sleep can mean a different thing depending, can mean different things depending on the context of in which that word is used. Okay, so words only have meaning, make, make sense when they are uh, uh, used within the context, when, we are, when they are considered within the context that they are used. And so that's why as students of the Bible, we have got to be cautious. We have got to be, uh, 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 we, we don't have to hurry about it, okay? We have got to be painstaking in our study of the Bible so that this is our life. The word of God is our life. So we've got to know it. We've got to know it. We've got to know it. Hallelujah. So, so with that at the back of our mind, let's turn to First Peter. We rounded up uh, last week by uh, in verse uh, verse two, or verse three. Okay, so uh, we're going to be uh, let's. So we are going to look at by God's grace, try and look at the whole of chapter two <laughs> as much as we can. I hope we're going to do justice to that. Praise God, Hallelujah. Now in chapter two, I, I, I will call it. I'll call our theme or title chapter two, okay? The, 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 the privileges, the blessings, and the duties of God's people. The privileges, the, uh, 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 the privileges, the blessings, and the duties. The privileges, the blessings, and the duties of God's people. Amen. As in most of the epistles um, written by Paul, right? Peter, John, as in most of them, the way they are structured, they are structured such a way that we are usually introduced to redemption and what Christ has done on our behalf. 
Hallelujah. In the redemption story, introducing us to who we are, then he starts to share to us our responsibilities as a result of the things that we can do. Amen. As a result of who we have become in Christ Jesus. And Peter follows the same pattern in the book of Hospital. Remember, I said to us that this, the context of this writing was when there were, Peter wrote this to the, to the Gentile church when there were uh, 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 a lot of persecutions, okay? When the church was going through a lot of persecution. So Peter and things were really tough for them, you know? They were persecuted left, right, and center, you know, for their faith in Christ Jesus. So they were undergoing difficult situations. Praise God. Now, depending on the climb we are, we are, we may not be going through persecutions openly like that, you know, like in their day, you know. But, but we, we are also going through challenges and difficulties, you know. The Bible says that we, 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 in, in this world, we are going to have troubles. But Jesus said it. He said, we're going to have troubles. But he said, we should be of good cheer because he has overcome the world for us. So he didn't say that, he, that, that we will not have troubles, we will not have challenges, we will not have difficulties. You know, we also have believers who are living in other climes, who are living in the north, who even, even, within, even within Nigeria now, there is a serious, you know, a, a, a war against Christians. You know, some people have decided to wage such a war, and they what's what's the goal? They want to they want to stifle us. The devil wants to use them to stifle us. Amen. Where you become afraid to go to church, where you become afraid that oh, some people may may may, may attack you. You know, because of, of your faith. You know. Hallelujah. So we, we, and we are living in such times. And so Jesus, uh, you know, through, uh, through the Holy Spirit, through Peter, wrote to the church. Hallelujah. Under this situ kind of situation that, no, and you see, you've got to, yes, this situation is temporary compared to the glory that was, that shall be revealed to us. And he spoke about the resurrection, talked about the hope of our salvation. Hallelujah. So, uh, and, and, it's, and encouraging them that what we have is much more than the temporary things that we have on the earth. Hallelujah. He talks about us, you know, putting on, uh, 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 being born again by the, by the incorruptible seed of the word of God. Hallelujah. Which leaves uh, abides forever. That we are not growing born again uh, by things, uh, by incorruptible things. Hallelujah. Amen, such as silver and gold, but by the precious blood of Jesus. So we have got to always consider the fact that what we have as believers is much more precious than silver or gold, than material things. Even, where even if we lack those material things to any degree, the thing, what we have is still much more those things. Hallelujah. So which means that the, the blood of Jesus, the precious blood of Jesus, uh, the precious life of God that we have uh, is a leveler for everybody. It's a leveler for those who have, uh, for those who don't have, for those who are in comfort, uh, for those who are not in comfort. You know, for those who are being persecuted as a result of their faith, uh, you know, for those uh, who, who, who are going through trying times, uh, that, that we all have the same uh, life of God. We all have the same incorruptible seed of the word of God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And we all have the same father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So there is no one that is more superior than the other. Praise God. Hallelujah. So now, and then, so having spoken about this, he ended up in chapter one talking about the word of God. And then in chapter two, he begins to tell us how to approach this word of God. 
how to approach this word of God, that the word of God, he says that this word of God endures forever. And this is the word, verse 25 of chapter 1, which, by which the gospel is preached unto you. Then it now said, wherefore, so we mean that on the basis of what I have said earlier, said, wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. I said to us last week that this has to do with the attitude with which we receive the word of God. Amen. So he says, lay aside all malice. Malice have to do with, you know, when you when someone is you, you are keeping malice with someone, it's because you are angry with that person. Amen. Maybe some person has done you, you feel the person has done you evil. So you are keeping malice with that. The Bible says you don't keep malice. Why did he say that? Hey, here are people that got born again, received the word of God, and then you know, they are undergoing persecution. You know, sometimes you see Christians ask us of God, why me, God, why are you, why are you allowing this to happen to me? You know, keeping malice with God. No, we can't. We can't. We can't keep malice with God's word. Amen. He said, don't allow malice. Don't allow deceits. He said, would you lay it aside? Praise God, the deceits of man, the deceits of the devil, the deceits of material things. Don't let them sway you. Hallelujah. He says, you lay it aside. He said, lay aside hypocrisies. He said, lay aside envies. You don't have to envy anyone that seems to be prospering around you. Oh, you know, sometimes you should believe as envying one another. It looks as if the word of God is working for that person much more than I, much more than me. No. Hallelujah. No, he said, lay it aside. He said, lay aside all evil speaking. Listen. That means that you, this word of God, in approaching this word of God, lay aside all evil speaking against this world. So in other words, don't allow negative, negative uh, 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 emotions uh, to grab a hold of you when it comes to approaching the word of God. So that's why it tells us that we should approach God's word like children. So like newborn babes. We should desire it. Psalm 42 verse 1 says, As the deer pants after the brooks, so as the heart or the deer pants after the brook, so does my soul long after you. That's a kind of, that's a, that's, that, that, that's a picture of that strong desire. Question, do you, how strong is your desire for God's word? So like newborn babies, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Where did that strong get a Christian that does not have a strong desire for God's word to feed on God's word to get God's word around that person cannot grow well as a child of God, amen? And God wants us to grow why? Because we have already tasted. Why, why stay at the tester session? Why, why stay at the tester level? He wants us to grow, he wants us to increase. Hallelujah. That is the will of God for us. And then in verse 4, he says, Sorry, just a, 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 a moment. Hallelujah. Praise God. So we have a, a little uh, a challenge with our equipment, but let me just continue. Praise the Lord. Amen. So in, in um, verse four, it says, to whom coming as unto a living stone, is allowed indeed of men, but chosen of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Glory to God. Lifra da bosto pahanda bosto brava kataya. Rekete poshishu patapaha. Brava kata susto bevekitia. Okay. So he says, we have come unto Jesus. He says, we have come as living stones. Please, one moment. Please bear with us one moment. We want to try to reset things. Thank you. Okay, sorry for the breaking transmission. <laughs> so it says, it says to whom coming as a as unto a living stone, disallowed the deed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Mm. That's very pregnant. The Bible says that we have come to Jesus Christ. We have come to Jesus, uh, who is a living stone. He calls Jesus uh, a living stone, but that is this that is disallowed that is disapproved of men okay men men didn't choose him but he was chosen of god and he is also precious the bible calls jesus the precious living stone of god so for the believer we need to begin to ask ourselves how precious is Jesus to me? Mm. Said, how precious is Jesus to me? Let's read on. He said, we have come unto him, okay? And you also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore also it contained in the scripture, behold, I lay Zion the chief cornerstone, elect precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded or be ashamed. So the Bible tells us here that when we came into Jesus, uh, we, became, uh, we became lively stones. And uh, we are being built up as a spiritual house. You know, in the children of Israel, uh, in the Old Testament, uh, they had... Uh, the temple. Amen. They had the temple. But now, Paul, Peter is telling the Gentiles, remember Peter is a Jew, he's telling the Gentile guys, he said, hey, you guys, right now, there's a leveler. Jesus is now the leveler. Praise God. The, 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 the stone, the temple, well, the Jews may lay claim to the temple, to the physical temple, but the temple that God is building now is a spiritual temple. And it says, we, the believer is the living stone. He called Jesus living stone. And now he also calls the believer living stones. We are living stones because Jesus is a living stone. We are living stones because Jesus is a living stone. We are living stones because Jesus is now on the inside of us. Glory to God. And he said we are being built a spiritual house. So which means that God, the believer, when you come into Jesus, when you receive Jesus into your heart, God does not just leave you there. You know, the temple of old was built with stones. It's not like, you know, like bricks now. And you see, in those days, they didn't just carry, just carry any stone and just put it there. No. Every stone had to be shaped. Every stone had to be shaped to be able to fit in with other stones. Hallelujah. So when you get born again, God still works on you. The Bible says, uh, Paul said to the Philippian church, uh, that it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to do his good pleasure. So he's working on us so that we can fit in as a living stone. You cannot stay on your own. You know, the stone that is on its own, that is not a part of the building, is useless. It does not make any meaning. Hallelujah. But you know, if that's, there's a hole that that's in the, in the temple or in, in, the, in the wall that the stone needs to fit in. If it fits in there, that's when that stone can become relevant. 
but the stone is not relevant outside of where it ought to fit. So God is fitting you. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. He's walking in you. He's walking on you. He's walking on you. He's walking on you through his word. Uh, by the, the Bible says that Jesus cleanses his church uh, by the washing of the water by the word. Glory to God. Uh, so when you find yourself in some evil, in challenging situations, amen. Uh, glory to God. Uh, be at peace. God is walking with you. God is walking on you. The Bible says that he said that I will never leave you nor forsake you. Amen. You know, the other day, uh, 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 my, my, my wife was discussing some things with me and then uh, some challenges that she was having. And then uh, she, she I, I just heard her, she just mustered to, her, to herself, said, Lord, you know, please uh, uh, just show me whatever it is you want to teach. You are teaching me here that I have never gotten. Just show me, show me. Hallelujah. That is recognizing that God is at work with you. He's at work in you. Hallelujah. So you don't attribute everything oh, to the devil. No, 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 no. You've got to learn to be discerning because you are a living stone. You are being built up. You are being built up. You are being built up as a spiritual house. Glory to God. You are being built up. You are, you, are, you are being built up as a spiritual house, as a holy priesthood. As a holy priesthood, your priesthood is to offer spiritual sacrifices to God. Hallelujah. What kind of spiritual sacrifices? Amen. Bible says in Hebrews chapter 3, chapter 13, it tells us one of the spiritual sacrifices that we are to give unto God. Verse 15, he said, he said, by him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise unto God, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks unto him. Amen. So we, one of our spiritual sacrifices is a sacrifice of praise. Hallelujah. When there are other sacrifices we make also, we, we, when we give sacrificially, when we, when we make sacrifices or to God to, for the things of God, those are spiritual sacrifices. God knows them. Hallelujah. And you know, sometimes our body just wants to resist it. We don't want, we don't want to go those thus far, but God starts to walk in us. God starts to walk in us. He starts to walk his word as, his, as you are hearing God's word. That's the spirit of God walking on the inside of you, changing your mindset, you know, removing things, removing barriers, causing you to be able to walk in, the, in line with the will of God. God is at work in you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. So we should not, we have to learn not to resist the workings of God. We have to learn to recognize his workings and not resist it. Amen. Why? Because we have we have been called, we are now his holy priesthood. We have been ordained to offer spiritual sacrifices unto God that are acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. So he says, wherefore it is also contained in the scripture, behold, I lay Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious. Amen. Who is he talking about there? We're, we're, this is this scripture is some is from Psalm 118. In Psalm 118, uh, 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 verse 22, uh, yeah, he talked about this cornerstone. He talked about Jesus uh, being uh, the chief cornerstone. You know, in, in when they built in those days, uh, there was a stone. Okay, that the first stone that is laid is called uh, the cornerstone. And it's it is from that stone, okay, all the others start to join. Praise God. It is from that stone, all the others start to join. That is what is called the chief cornerstone. And the Bible calls him precious. I asked you a question earlier. How precious is Jesus to you? He said in verse 7, he said, to you, therefore, which believe, he is precious. Oh, glory to God. Our connection to the to the to the to this to this precious chief cornerstone will not leave us confounded. He will not leave us ashamed. Hallelujah. The world may think that well, the church is they are getting getting the upper hand against the church. No, he said that the foundation was laid on the chief cornerstone, and he said that whosoever believes on him will not be ashamed. 
you will not be ashamed in the name of Jesus. You will not be ashamed in the name of Jesus. That's what the word says. So whosoever believes on him, do you believe on him? He said, you will not be ashamed. That he's so precious. How precious is he in your heart? How precious is Jesus? Hallelujah. Is he just precious on your, on your lips? How precious is he in your heart? He says that to them who believe, he is precious. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. So as as is, as, as 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 a life as a living stone as a precious cornerstone, look at verse seven again. For unto you, therefore, which believer he is precious, but unto them which are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected or disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner, a stumbling, a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. Even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto they were appointed. Now you see, the Bible says that Jesus. Come is, is precious to us as the living stone. Praise God. But it says for those that don't believe, he's a stumbling block. He's a stone. He said when they come against him, when they come unto him, when they encounter him, they stumble. Why? Because they don't believe. And that's why we cannot stop preaching the gospel so that Jesus will not be a stumbling block. It will not, I mean, people will not stumble because of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He said it's a stone of stumbling. It's a rock of offense. The Jews were offended at Jesus. You know, look at Matthew, Jesus himself said it in Matthew chapter 21. Let's look at it. Matthew 21, Jesus quoted this same scripture. Amen. Matthew, uh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Um, let me get it. My Matthew, yeah, yeah. chapter 20. Okay, I think I, I missed the I missed the uh, 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 that scripture, but let's continue. Jesus, yeah, yeah. Jesus, he mentioned in that scripture that he himself. Or let's read Psalm one eighteen. Yeah, let's read from Psalm one eighteen. Psalm one eighteen. Psalm one eighteen. Um, yeah. Praise God. Praise God. He said in verse 22, he said, the stone which the builders refused is become the headstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Talking about Jesus, he said, it is what the Lord himself has done. And that's why, listen to me, child of God, you and I cannot keep quiet. We can't afford to keep quiet to talk about this stone because it can it can't it's not meant to be God did not design him to be a rock of offense. God did not design him to be to be the rock of offense, a stone of stumbling. No, he's meant to be a precious one to those that believe. And so that's why we, we don't see those who believe amongst us, uh, we, our hearts should reach out to them. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. So, so, so in, 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 in verse, verse 7 and verse 8, says Jesus, from verse 6 rather, he calls him the chief cornerstone. Why? One other thing that we can draw from that scripture. You know, the cornerstone is a cornerstone. You know, it obviously, you have to build from two sides. You have to build, you have to join stones to it from one side and then from another side until walls start to rise up. Amen. That means that Jesus as the cornerstone is the one that joins Everything is joined to him. 
everything is connected to him. What does that tell, tell us? As an individual, you can't stand alone except you are connected to Jesus. Jesus said in John chapter 15, let's, let's look at it. John chapter 15. No believer can stand alone. Oh, no, 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 we can't. Praise God. Look at it. He said in verse 5, he said, I am the vine and you are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same bring forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Without me, you can do nothing. That's why it's called, he was chosen by God. The, the, the one who is our, who is, who, who determines the structure of the house. Glory to God. You are not the one that will determine the structure of the house. He is the one. So we are joined to him. Ephesians, in Paul describes it this way. He said, we are all fitly joined together. Praise God. Glory to God. What am I trying to say? We are trying, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to bring to us the corporate nature of the church that there is no believer that can stand alone. Praise God. Fitly joined together. Ephesians chapter 4. Look at it. He said, he said verse 15, seeking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things who is the head even the Christ, from whom the whole body, look at it, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, make it increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Hallelujah. So as lively stones, we are being joined together, being built as a spiritual house unto God, as a, as a, as a lively stone alone, you cannot do anything. I mean, you can't stay, stay alone. Hallelujah. We need to be form, fitly formed together with other brethren, with other believers uh, from all walks of life. Uh, we are the all of them, all of God has designed that uh, all of us together, we are being spiritually built on us. And we, are, we, are be, we are the temple of God. We are the temple of God individually. We are also the temple of God collectively. So, so Peter is trying to show the collective nature, amen, the corporate nature of the church. Uh, that the church is a corporate body. Hallelujah. So we cannot just do solo, solo wrongs. We cannot just stay all by ourselves. Amen. We need each other, brethren. Hallelujah. We need each other. Amen. We need each other. Both the, both the strong and the weaker, the old and the young. We need each other. All of us will have been built up, built up as lively stones. Praise God built up as spiritual houses to offer, as a spiritual house to offer spiritual sacrifices unto God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, let's go to verse 9. So, how said this? He now says, uh, he now begins to explain to us again, uh, amen, the believer, that here, you guys, you might be going through the worst kind of situations around. The Roman government may not like you. People may not like you. They may call you the scum of the earth. They may ill-treat you. But you know what? You are a chosen generation. Amen. You are a royal priesthood. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Our greatness is, 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 is a function of who we are connected to. Our great, now, remember, he was talking to persecuted Christians. Amen. Persecuted, who probably may even be poor financially. Who probably, I mean, who are going through difficulty? Don't forget that. Hallelujah. But look at what he calls them. He says, You are a, you, it does not change your status before God. Hallelujah. What men call you does not change your status. He says, You are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are God's own peculiar or special people. For what reason? To show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous 
light. Hallelujah. You have been called to show forth the glory of God, the praises of God. You have not been called so that you can be a proud person. You know, say, well, I'm a righteous man. You know, you are not righteous. I'm this. No, 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 no. Praise God. We have it is to show forth the praises of him. But take note. He says that we are a, we are a, a holy nation. We are a royal priesthood. Praise God. We are a chosen generation. In other words, God chose us. Hallelujah. The word generation is the word, is, is, is the word it, it also, you can also use the word race. Amen. We are a chosen race. Glory to God. We are a chosen race. Now, you know, this was what God called the children of Israel for. Amen. You know, if you see, let, let's check Exodus chapter 19. Exodus 19. This was what God announced to the children of Israel when he chose them. Exodus chapter 19, verse 5. He says, now therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all nations, above all people, for all the earth is, is mine. You shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and holy nation. Did you see that? So that was what God called the children of Israel. But now in Christ Jesus, glory to God, uh, the barrier has been broken. Both Jews and Gentiles all together. Hallelujah. He says we are now a, whole, a, a holy nation. Praise God. We are a royal priesthood. We are, we are a peculiar people. Hallelujah. He says we are a chosen generation. We are a chosen generation. We are a chosen race. So as a chosen race, we have our own life to we have our life, we have our principles, praise God, to live by. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. So as a royal priesthood, you know, the children of, the children of Israel, amen, the king and the priest, they were separated. Amen. The king and the priest were separated. They had their anointings and they had their functions in Israel. But now in Christ Jesus, glory to God, every believer is both a king and a priest. Amen. To offer sacrifices of, unto God. So our priesthood, our royal, it calls, calls us a royal priesthood. So our priesthood gives us unhindered access to God. Listen to me. It means that you don't need, there is nobody that has better access to God than you. Let me say it again. Nobody has better access to God than you. Let me say it again. Nobody has better or more access to God than you. Let me say it again. Nobody has more or better access to God than you. You are a royal priesthood. You have been given uh, the privilege of uh, direct access to the Father. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He said, nobody comes to the Father except through me. Have, um, have we come in through him? Yes. Uh, are we now in him? Yes. Uh, are we now in the house? Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. So you don't need to go through any third party. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, let's go and consult this person. Oh, maybe what he hears from he hears from God. You know, God speaks to him a lot. God, God, you have the same access to the Father. Since you are a royal priesthood, you are a holy nation. Amen. Hallelujah. You are a holy nation. As a holy nation, it means that you are now under the government of God. Glory to God. Amen. You are now under the government of God. And God's special people. So which means that as a special people, as a peculiar people, you are God's possession. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God has the right to indwell you. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. When we got born again, he came to indwell us. You know, these Gentiles, you, sometimes you, you need to look at the context in which, you know, Peter wrote this. Remember, these guys were Gentiles. He was writing to Gentile Christians. And these were the things that the Jews claimed. Amen. 
Hallelujah. He said, that's why he said to those that believe, he is precious. These Gentiles believe. These Gentiles, they, they were alienated from the commonwealth of Israel before. You know, they were strangers to the covenant of promise. But now he has brought them in. <laughs> Ooh, glory to God. So they are happy. But the Jews are not happy. They say, they, these, these are Gentiles. They don't deserve this. But thank God, Christ Jesus. That's why the Bible says Jesus is like, is like a stumbling rock, you know, a rock, a rock of offense. And a stone of stumbling for them. But for those of us that believe, he is precious. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the preciousness of Jesus. So that's why he calls us a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. It does not say whatever you are going through does not change your status. Amen. Hallelujah. Whatever uh, 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 economic or social status or human status you find yourself, it does not change your spiritual status. Amen. So there should be no sense of inferiority about you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He said in verse 10, he said, which in time past, we were, we, we were not a people. Imagine that we were not a people. But now we are now the people of God. He said, we did not obtain mercy. But now we have obtained mercy. Oh, come on. Why don't you just lift up your hands and thank him? Father, thank you. I have obtained mercy. Thank you. I have obtained mercy. I am now your people. We are the people of the God. Called from the dark. Delivered from shame. We are one holy race. We are saints because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So these are the privileges. These are the blessings. Peter showcases about the believer. And then uh, from verse 11, he starts to tell us about the responsibilities and duties of, of believers. As a believer, with these rights, with these blessings, with these heavenly privileges, with these spiritual privileges, how do we, how do we ought to, how, how do we conduct ourselves? How should we conduct ourselves in this world? Let's read from verse 11. Hallelujah. He says, dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fresh, fleshly loss, which war against the soul. Hallelujah. He says, I beseech you, I beg you, I plead with you as strangers and pilgrims. In other words, Peter is saying that child of God, you have got to, he wants us to live our lives in this world. Live with the sense that we are actually strangers. That we are actually pilgrims in this world. We should not find ourselves living in such a way as if Everything is, everything there is, is all we see in this world. We are actually pilgrims. Who is a pilgrim? We are sojourners. We are on a journey. This is not our home, you know. That is, this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. Yes. Yes. You see now, this world is not all there is. Of course, we want all the comfort that we can get. You know, we want to live life to the fullest you know, to the purpose of God and to the glory of God. Enjoy all that we can afford to, I mean, that we can, that, that God graces us to enjoy. Hallelujah. But nothing therefore should be a do or die affair for us. Paul said, in whatever state I find myself, hallelujah, I have led therein to be content. Hallelujah. That's why as a believer, we have one of the things that we have to fight is comparing ourselves with ourselves. It says those that do that said they are not they are, that they are not wise. Hallelujah. So we've got to know this. Nothing is permanent. 
Nothing is permanent. Whatever you can acquire, acquire it, but it all ends here. Sojourners, we are pilgrims. We are strangers. Amen. That's the reason why the world will treat us the way they treat us. We are strangers. We are not of them. Jesus said, you are, even though you are in this world, he said, you are not of this world. That's why in 1 John chapter 2, verse 15, it says, love not the world, neither the things of the world. He said, if any man loves this world, the love of the Father is not in him. No, we can't afford to, 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 to love the world. No, we can't. Hallelujah. We use the things in the world, but we don't love the world. Amen. Is there anyone that loves him that said the love of the Father is not in him? So he says, we ought to live with this consciousness that we are strangers, that we are pilgrims. And he says, as strangers and pilgrims, he said, abstain from fleshly loss, which war against the, the soul. Amen. Praise God. So the duties of the believer, number one, it says we should abstain from fleshly loss, the desires of the flesh. He said that they war against the soul. They don't, don't just war against our body. They war against the soul. They war against our soul. Hallelujah. Listen, there's a warfare going on. There's a warfare going on. Amen. There is a striving against sin that is going on. The work of the flesh is sin. Sin wants to seek to dominate us. He said we should abstain. He said we should. That, so if they are warring against us, what do we do? We are to war, war, war back. Look at it. Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter, chapter 12. Praise God. He says, uh, verse 3, consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your mind. You have not resisted unto blood, striving against sin. So there is a strive against sin. There is a strive to, to live holy. There's a strive to live to please the Lord Jesus. There's a striving against the work of the flesh. Hallelujah. We've got to stand against it. Glory to God. Amen. He says that we should abstain from it. Why? He said, why? He said, having your conversation and honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evil doers, they made by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. Amen. In other words, he's saying that we should live our lives, uh, do you know, not, not, not pleasing the flesh uh, like the Gentiles do, like the unbelievers do, so that even though they may criticize us, they may, they may call us all kinds of names, but when, uh, this, when they scrutinize us, hallelujah, amen, they will see that, no, we are living uh, good moral lives. Heard the story of a woman, a Christian woman, who was like a, who works as like an executive assistant for some of these Hollywood uh, 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 stars, you know. So they used to hire her, but sometimes uh, when the, her, her employer, you know, tells her, oh, you, you know, maybe those are, you know, all kind of those funny, funny things that happen, they cheat on themselves, you know, all kinds of immoral lives that they do, you know, and they will need her to lie, to cover up for them. The woman will say, no, sorry, I can't do that. You know, maybe a guy is trying to cheat, you know, cheat on his wife, going out with a girlfriend, doesn't want the wife to know, and he will tell the woman to lie. You know, the woman will say, no, I'm sorry, I can't do that, you know, and they may eventually have to let her go. But you know what? Not long after, okay, someone else will employ her. Why? Because they saw that she had good, she was a person of integrity and she was somebody who was honest that, that could be relied upon. Amen. So they may call you all kinds of names. They may call you square bear. They may call you this. They may call you that. But the Bible says that when they will not be, when, even though they speak against you as evildoers, 
they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in their situation. So, so our Christian conduct is not only just for ourselves. We used to sing one song. Said they are watching you, marking all you do, hearing the things you say. Let them see the Savior as it shines in you. Let his power control you every day. The way we live our lives, even up to the way we dress as believers. Hallelujah. Even up to the way we dress as believers. Amen. Does it glorify God? Is this something that, will, that, that can our conduct in our offices? Can they, can, can they, you know, sometimes, you know, they may call, they may call all kinds of things, but when, when they, when they have problems, do they know, can they come to you? Do they know they can they come and, can they, can they think about this? Ah, I have this serious challenge. Let me go and meet this person. This person is a Christian. I think this person knows God. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's move on. Verse 13. Okay. After more minutes and I'll uh, let's see how far we go. He said, it now begins in verse 13. Remember, he's called us a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's peculiar people. You know, he's called us all those things. And now says, in our dealings with men. Remember, Peter was speaking to Gentile Christians who were under a lot of persecution. Some of them were even slaves. He now began to speak to them. He said, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme or as unto governors. Let me read it from the New Living Translation. Uh, uh, praise God. First Peter, I want to use uh, today's English. First Peter chapter 2, verse 13. He says, New Living Translation, you get it? Okay. Yeah. It says, for the Lord's sake, submit to all human authority, whether the king as head of state or the officials he has appointed. For the king has sent them to punish those who do wrong and to honor those who do right. All things being equal. <laughs> it is God's will that your honorable lives should silence those ignorant people who make foolish accusations against you. Now, let me say some things here. The Bible says that we should honor those who are in authority. Yes, the Christian, you know, he was talking to Peter, the Jew. The Jews, do you know, they, they, this, was, this was when they were under the Roman rule. This was no democracy time. The Romans were the ones ruling them. And, you know, some of the Jews, they believe that they, they, I mean, they, are not, they cannot be subservient to anybody. They cannot accept, accept Moses, you know, that they were not under anybody. Remember, Jesus, when they convert, their conversation with Jesus, he said, oh, we are nobody's slaves. <laughs> you know, now we are not somebody, we are, we are nobody's slaves. You know, we are not, Moses is the one that we are subject to. We are not subject to any other person. You know, there were some of them who did not used to pay tax. You know, they were they, they, they used to pay tax. You know, they were zealots. I mean, they used to pay tax to the Roman government. They didn't believe in it. You know, and they didn't practice it. So they were under, you know, so the Jews were like that. But now Peter now comes and says, hey, everybody, come on, submit to all authority. Even these wicked people, even this wicked authority. Amen. The Bible says we should submit to them. Hallelujah. It didn't say you submit to only the good ones. Because the concept of government itself is of God. And government is supposed, you know, to punish those who do wrong and honor those who do right. I mean, imagine it, even though, despite the fact that we are complaining that, oh, our government uh, has not done well, blah, 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 so in, court, in some certain quarters, you know, complaining. But you know, imagine if there is no government around. Ha. You know, the chaos, eh, the chaos will be horrible. Amen. 
So that's what the Bible says that we should submit to them. But of course, the, our submission has a limit. When we are asked to do anything that is against God, whether submission in the home, submission to any level of authority, once what we are being told to do is against the will of God. Amen. The government of God becomes supreme. Hallelujah. The government, there is no supreme, even if they call themselves supreme, supreme, whatever. They are not, they are, their supremacy is to the level, is to the level as to which they do not cross boundaries. Amen. So he says we should submit to that. Okay. Now, in verse 16, it says, as free, and not using your liberty as a cloak of maliciousness, but as servants of God. Verse 17, honor all men. Verse 15, it is God's will that you that your honorable lives should silence those ignorant people who make foolish accusations against you. So as a child of God, our lifestyle, amen, how we live before men is so important. Praise God, so that it's our, by our conduct, their voices can be silenced. Amen. He said, for you are free, yet you are God's slaves. So don't use your freedom as an excuse to do evil. Oh, grace has covered me. Therefore, I can act and I know. He says, don't use your liberty, you know, to do evil. Respect everyone. Love the brotherhood. Do you love the brotherhood? Hallelujah. Can you inconvenience yourself because of the brotherhood? By the brotherhood, we are talking about fellow believers. Say, honor all men. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Respect or honor the king. Hallelujah. Do you love the brethren? Can you go to any, to, can you go to any length for the brethren? Amen. You know, we are the ones that have each other. Nobody can understand us ourselves better than ourselves. Amen. Love the brotherhood. Honor all men. Don't just honor people because of what you can get from them. Honor all men. Honor the brethren. Love the brethren. You no, know, sometimes there are some brethren who are difficult to love. The Bible says we should still love them all the same. Amen. Praise God. Why? Because we are the family of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. I'll stop here today and I'll continue tomorrow. I mean, so I'll continue next week, Wednesday. I believe that you would have learned one or two things in our Bible discourse today. Just lift up your hands and thank the Lord Jesus. Bible says that we are royal, uh, we are a chosen generation. He has chosen us. We are royal priesthood. We are a holy nation. Hallelujah. Begin to declare that you that the, your desire for the word of God will not wane, no matter what happens in your life, no matter the pressure that the word of God will that your desire for the word of God will not wane in the name of Jesus. So that you will go thereby. Father, I pray for your people in the name of Jesus. Lord, strength for the weary in the name of Jesus. I pray, oh God, that we will all live in the consciousness of who, of who we are in you. Thank you for making us lively stones. You are building us up onto spiritual houses. We are growing in your word. We are not maligning your word. We are not listening to evil speakings against your word. Your word is precious to us as you are precious to us. Help us to live a life, Lord, that is pleasing to you, that will be a mirror of you, that will be an outshining of your glory, or even to outsiders in the name of Jesus, so that when they examine us, Oh, help us to live honestly before them in the name of Jesus. Oh, so that we can honor our King. Oh, in our lives, even in front of them, so that they can be attracted to the Lord Jesus. 
in the name of Jesus. We thank you. Father, we pray for every child of God who will be going through any distress or any form of mental pressure or whatever kind of pressure the person may be going through in the name of Jesus. May they be strengthened in the name of Jesus. I pray, Father God, oh, that you will be able to surmount it and they will to see that they are overcomers, that they are your own precious possession and that you are helping them through. You said that anyone that believes in you will not be ashamed shame. Uh, help us to be able to see uh, that you will not put us to shame. Uh, help us to, to be able to see that you will not put us to shame. Uh, in the name of Jesus, uh, help us to be able to stand, uh, oh, in the place of faith and patience, uh, until uh, though there is uh, a change in the situation. Uh, thank you, Father. We give you glory and praise. Uh, in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. God bless you and uh, 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 for, for, for tuning in.